Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Um, today, I'm excited because I have with me Tess Michaels, uh, the CEO and founder of Stride Funding. One of the most common questions I get, particularly from MBA applicants, is this is great, but how do I pay for this thing? And certainly, there's hopefully options out there for everyone in terms of hopefully you have some savings, hopefully you're applying for scholarships, maybe you get some financial aid. But it's definitely still a topic that people still have lots of questions about and are looking for resources and, and alternatives. And so that's why I'm excited to have Tess here, because she's going to talk a little bit about Stride Funding and the problem that exists in the market and, and how they're going about and solving it. And so uh, Tess, first off, thank you so much. I should also add, you are an HBS alum. And so let's just start. Tell us you know, who you are, what were you doing before business school, and why did you choose to get an MBA in the first place? Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So prior to HBS, I, my career was really split between working in mission-driven startups and finance. Uh, my first venture was a software analytics company in the CSR space. Actually, when I was at Penn doing my undergrad, we grew that and had a small exit. And then I transitioned. I worked at Goldman for a few years in investment banking in New York, and then then worked at Vista Equity Partners doing software investing. I really enjoyed it, but truthfully, I just I missed operations and I missed doing something I was crazy about. And so Stride really came from a student-first perspective as I was an incoming graduate student at Harvard. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your background. It's clear that you definitely had a pretty good footing coming into business school just in terms of some of the things you had done and some good experience. But I would love to know a little bit more just about Stride. And in particular, I think one of the things that came up in your journey to business school was this really idea of financing your MBA. So could you talk a little bit about that experience and, and how that really started you on this path to building what is now Stride Funding? No, absolutely. The whole inspiration for Stride came from a very personal uh, perspective. I was looking at my own financing options. And similar to many of you who are listening to this, once you add books and tuition and housing, school gets very expensive very quickly. And as you look at the options available to students, for the most part, it's really just a decision of federal loans, private loans, and then any savings that you have. Of course, with that being said, the greatest form is free money, grants, scholarships, any access you can get um, to those products. But income share agreements were something I was you know, intellectually very interested in. For many of us who are deciding to pursue graduate education, you know, that's an, a big step and clearly a very big cost. And so oftentimes students want to say, is that cost going to be worth the value that I get? What are my outcomes going to look like? And is this greatly going to impact my career? And so income share agreements inherently align that cost and value of education, given instead of a traditional loan where students are paying principal and interest, here, students just pay a fixed percentage of income, usually single digit, so very affordable, over a set number of years, usually just five years, so much shorter than a traditional loan. So that was the real inspiration um, for Stride. And you know the, the goal of, of ISAs was to really increase access. When I was entering HBS, there was no way for me to get access to the product. 
So I figured if I can't, it's time to create something that allows future students to. That's great. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for talking a little bit more about ISAs. I do want to go back to that at some point, but I do want to give you a little bit more chance to talk about Stride Funding. I heard a little bit about how this idea came up and I know you've been building it for a while. And so could you talk a little bit more about today? What is Stride Funding? What do you do? Uh, what markets do you serve? All those types of questions. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So Stride Funding is an end-to-end provider of income share agreements. And so again, this is a much more flexible, affordable alternative to traditional private loans. The the goal was to create a seamless experience for students. So you can go on our website at stridefunding.com, get a quote immediately, compare your pricing options. We have calculators to help you compare your private loan options versus your you know, ISA options. And, and then on the back end, beyond just financing, we build in a ton of career support completely for free. We don't monetize on that. That is just part of the mission. So we'll help with weekly content. We have a full career portal. We'll pair you with coaches. We do all sorts of work to really ensure that you're able to get the right job for you once you graduate. So that's really what we've built. And it's been an awesome team that I've gotten to build this business with. And we funded tons of students across the US. I'm happy to share more on that. Yeah, no, I would love for you if you could do that. And in addition to Obviously, it sounds like you probably had some really good success stories and some happy customers. I'm sure you also did a ton of customer research yeah. early, early on. So I'd just love to know, and through that research or just talking with MBA students, what were some of the common challenges that you were hearing or the feedback that you were hearing? And then how, how have you built something to really help ameliorate some of those challenges? Yeah. So the common challenges we would hear, first of all, loans are oftentimes very lengthy, right? You, you're oftentimes stuck paying back your principal and interest over a 10 to 20 year period. So you can't move on with your life events, right? Starting a family, buying a house, really uh, moving forward with your life. And so we, for our first cohort, when we were testing, we actually offered students the option of a five-year term, a seven-year and a 10-year. 100% of students chose the five-year term because unlike a loan where if you, for some reason, are furloughed or unemployed, you keep accruing interest with an income share agreement, if you're earning below the minimum income threshold, you don't pay a cent during that period and there's no accruing expense. So that's very different. The second thing we heard is coming off of that point about accruing expenses. When you're in school with a traditional loan, students were frustrated that it kept accruing interest, right? With an ISA, there is, again, no accruing expenses when you're in school or during periods where you take time off. And the last, which I think is the most important, is the incentive alignment. With a loan, If the student, for some reason, doesn't graduate or graduates but doesn't get a job that they expected, they're fully on the hook for the cost. We wanted to create a financial product that incentivized the school, the student, and the investor to really be focused on the student's success. And so given it's a percentage of income, there's transparency around outcomes, and there's also an incentive for us at Stride to meaningfully support these students and make sure they're placed into really strong jobs. Yeah, I think the thing that stuck out stood out to me, particularly about ISAs, just in my own research on this topic, was that was the point around incentives in terms of getting folks on the same team. And I think what that does is that it it it, it helps promote solutions that are more accessible for all kinds of people. Because the reality of it is that there are loans out there that work in the traditional sense. And to your point, if you're potentially staring down the threat of having a large interest payment after it, it, it happened or after after you graduate, that might defer deter you from wanting to to take advantage of that, even if you could apply for one or even yeah. 
you did have the access to one. And so that was something that stuck out to me. And then the other thing that you said, and I think this is, uh, I can see why this is a good uh, risk adjustment, particularly at the graduate level. When when we talk about outcomes, when we talk about aligning the outcomes, and particularly if you're getting an MBA from a, a top uh, MBA program, when it comes to adjusting for risk, it's if you look at any career or employer report, you can very well see, number one, this is the average salary of an MBA. And number two, here are the places that they're going to. And so on a, just adjusting for that risk, like that is a very safe, I can't, I think of too many other safer um, bets in terms of trying to on the other side of the financing side with some of these folks that are out there, because these are known entities. And if you know where the school is, you can look at it and see where their people are going. And so that was another thing that stuck yeah. out to me. Yeah. No, great point. Yeah. Great. So yeah, would love to know. So I know how people are coming into Stride. When you talk to students, I think I was reading a little bit, maybe about a success story of an MBA student on your website, but can you talk to me about some of the feedback that you're getting from them or, yeah. or some of the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think the areas that make us most proud and something that we always try to improve day after day is one, the student experience. We want this to be seamless for students. A student can go on our website, get their quote, go through the full application and get through full approval same day. So there's no delay as far as that conversion. And that's really critical, especially for those of us who are MBAs who just have a lot on our plate. We don't have time to be thinking through that without getting immediate feedback. So I think that's point one is just the student experience has always been really seamless and a lot more friendly than with a lot of traditional student lenders. Second is around the career supports. The second a student signs a um, ISA contract with us, they're immediately enrolled into our career portal. And our MBAs utilize them you know, very frequently. So we'll have AI tools that'll look at your job description and your resume and say, these are the keywords you're missing. What should you add? We have you know, tons of interview guides and prep materials if you want to go into banking versus consulting versus any other profession that you may want to pursue. And then we have folks who will actively look at your, your resume, look at your cover letter, and make sure that you are positioned well. Beyond that, though, support comes in other forms. It's not just about the career. It's about your own mental state. And so in COVID, we've also built in a lot of materials around mental health to really support students because... It's about the whole person, right? Not just the job. And that's what we really consider success. And so that's some of the feedback we've gotten is, look, the student experience of getting the ISA is a lot sleeker, but more importantly, the idea that Stride is not just a financial provider, but a real partner in the process is what makes us unique. And the community of others in your group matters. That's why we all go after an MBA, to be surrounded by like-minded peers who will force us to think differently. And in some ways, Stride has its own community in that sense. So yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. So there's a couple of things that really stand out to me about this. And as you, you might know, I work in the, I work in the tech industry. And so one of the things that I really appreciated about what you're doing is, as you mentioned before, you're not just thinking yourself as just another financial provider. And if we look in the past and history, I'm making generalizations here, but there are very, I think there are very few consumers out there who looked at their financial provider in the same way that they might hold closely some of their other beloved brands, right? No one ever grows up and says, I really want to have a passionate and and intimate relationship with my bank, or Mm -hmm. that's not not traditionally how it's been. And I'm not suggesting that it needs to be like that for everyone, but I think by thinking about just the general notion of how do we provide value throughout the experience, it leads to going beyond just, here's the application to get the products that you need at any given time. And so- yeah. I think that one, the one thing that stands out, the other thing that I think stands out to the point that you're making, and which I think is really interesting, is that 
I think traditionally, when it comes to finances, that's a little bit of a taboo subject as we think about you know, even like little things. It's like, how come we can't talk about salary at work and or things like that's changing. And what I think is unique about what you're doing to the point around bringing in this aspect of community is taking a topic like financing your MBA, which is can be daunting at times and putting it out there and not only being a place where people can ask questions, but also engage with one another around it. And Absolutely. And even things like we, we support our students when they think through negotiating their salaries and mm-hmm. pieces yeah. that oftentimes there's not as much formal guidance on approach. And we've really worked with a lot of experts to get smart on that and make sure we can support our students in the best way possible. Yeah. Sure. That's great. Okay. So I want to, I want to switch a little bit of topics and would love to learn a little bit more just about you in terms of not only how you've built this company, but also the role that your own MBA experience has played in that. HBS is obviously a one of the best institutions in the world and has a world-class entrepreneurship you know, program. So I, I would love to just know, how did you spend your time when you were at HBS in terms of working on this company? Yeah. So I will say in business school, there's a million things pulling you different directions. And so it's hard to stay focused, but it's really important, especially when you're building a business. And I think, of course, I was really close with my class and, and my friends, but as far as the business goes, I immediately seeked mentors and advisors within the ecosystem. So there are a number of professors that I did independent projects with that I got to spend a lot of time learning from and getting credit for school for working on the business, which really helped my schedule be more manageable. Second was joining a lot of the organizations that HBS had on campus that help accelerate uh, your speed as a startup. So I was part of the, the Rock Accelerator. I was also part of the Venture Incubation Program at HBS and both groups offered tons of resources. You get, you know, free access to different organizations, you get HubSpot discounts, et cetera. And that really helped me from not only a cost perspective, but also just a community perspective. And then beyond that, there are networks of, you know, female founders, for example, that are very supportive to each other and we share best practices and we, we still do monthly meetups as a group. And that's a really cool experience. The last thing I would say is, by being on a campus, by having an HB, an HBS.edu address, it's so much easier to just email anyone that you want to get to know. And your response rates are through the roof. Like, absolutely take advantage of that. And this doesn't only go for those who want to be startup founders. Whatever business you want to do, that .edu address opens doors because folks just want to be helpful. And we made so many connections while we were in school. And to be fair, we also raised venture funding while I was in school. So going through that journey while being a student was a total whirlwind, but so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. What was that experience like going out and raising uh, venture funding while also being in school at the same time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was really interesting to just learn the ins and outs of how to think through the right investors. I will say it was very clear which investors were supportive and less supportive of me staying in school. A number of them were ready to move forward if I would drop out. And I think for me, I just had so much to gain from being on campus. The business is about students. The access to amazing advisors and being part of that community was something I didn't want to lose just yet. And so with that being said, once I found investors who were super supportive of the journey and the value of, of staying in school, then the process got a lot smoother, right? It was just sharing the vision, why we were doing this. And I was fortunate that I had an awesome team at that point. My first you know, full-time hire was is someone, Patrick, who's one of our C-suite execs. He's been in student lending for 25 years. 
manage the portfolios at Wells Fargo. JP Morgan Chase was early at SoFi. And honestly, I got to know him because of an article that came out from a university competition that we had won. And he read it and he said, let me join as an advisor. The next thing I know, two months later, he quit his job, joined full time, right? So that is something that, again, really helped support the fact that we were getting support and talent from really experienced individuals that got it, gave investors comfort. The last thing I'll say is we uh, did end up having a pretty smooth process in the sense we were actually preempted. So we received a term sheet before we formally kicked off the longer process. And then for those of you who haven't raised before, once you get a term sheet, the whole process wraps up extremely quickly. You get one term sheet and then you get many more term sheets all within the same you know week. And then you basically negotiate and determine the final terms and sign and move toward confirmatory diligence and, and kind of legal docs. And so I don't think that's the common case, but we were very fortunate that once we formally, before we had even formally kicked off the, the full process so that has happened. Yeah. And on this notion of doing this while you were in school, I would also love to know just how did your MBA really help you navigate maybe the challenges of being a founder? And certainly the context of the question, right, is I think an MBA is a great can be a great learning experience to help you grow in your career, whether you're starting a company or whether you're trying to go to another one. But I would just love to know, just being a founder of a company and building a company, what from that MBA experience and that time in HBS has really um, helped you solve a specific challenge that you were facing? So there's a few things that come to mind. I think, first of all, just having folks across all types of industries and in so many different roles as your peer set and your friend group is pretty incredible. Everyone says this, but you go to business school, not just for the education, but also the set of uh, people that you're surrounded by. And that diversity is really special. Beyond that, though, I'd say as far as challenges we experienced, you know, one was really around the, the concept of build, buy, or partner. How do we think about our business evolving and how to accelerate our time to market? And oftentimes, I think you know, you'll we took, I took a lot of classes um, during my MBA that were focused on thinking through the founder journey and then separately thinking through once you've executed how you do tech sales, how you actually think through executing on the broader vision. And that course content was super valuable. Side note, but there are so many books about what they don't teach you in, in HBS and sales was the big takeaway. They have totally changed that. They have awesome tech sales classes. The professors, Lou Shipley and Mark Roberge are wonderful. I'm still in touch with them. And anyway, that that said, coming back to the, the main challenge we experienced early on in our history, while I was in business school, we recognized that to do a business like income share agreements, we need to get investors comfortable around our pricing models. This isn't something where I can be scrappy and just fund students with a you know finger in the air ISA rate and hope it works out. I have to live with those returns over the next five years. And we actually decided instead of building in-house or partnering, we wanted to own the data, we would build, or sorry, we would buy. And so we actually did an asset acquisition of a data science company in the space, a team of engineers that basically spent four years building proprietary ISA models. And that accelerated our time to market. It got investors comfortable. It was right before our venture round. And truthfully, it was something that looking back, I am very grateful that we did. And it's a decision that you do so many case studies in business school about. When do you partner? When do you buy? When do you build? And how do you think through the strategic implications of each? And I'm really grateful that I've learned frameworks that have actually played out in the real world in a meaningful way. And the, the friends are a huge perk of HBS, but the education has actually 
pretty meaningful as well. Yeah. No, for for sure. I think that's an awesome. I think that's an awesome story and also very applicable. I'm sure you did many a case at HBS and certainly a bunch around that decision that you just articulated in terms of acquire, build, buy. Uh, partner, et cetera. And so I think that's a very real tactical example of just how your MBA experience is really playing into how you're going about and building Stride Funding. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great talking to you a little bit about Stride Funding and everything that you're doing. If people want to learn more, if they want to learn more about uh, your company or just uh, the products you offer or just anything about honestly financing their MBA, where should they go? Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So Anyone can reach me via email, tess at stridefunding.com. So T-E-S at stride, hit your stride, funding.com. But I absolutely recommend, whether it's for yourself or any of your peers, we fund business students, healthcare, so any nursing, physician's assistants, all sorts of STEM degrees, like engineering, data science, computer science. If you or any of your friends are pursuing further studies and are looking for alternative ways to fund school, just go to stridefunding.com, get a quote, see if you're eligible, share the link. And yeah, and if there's anything I can do to be supportive, it, I want Stride to be a menu option. It doesn't mean it's the right option for everyone. Be thoughtful as you consider what's most affordable for you and what helps you succeed the most in your career. So Great. Thank you so much for joining me, Tess. Of course. Thank you. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.